When you're ready to pop the question, the last thing you want to do is second-guess the ring. At BlueNile.com, you can design a one-of-a-kind ring with the ease and convenience of shopping online. Choose your diamond and setting. When you find the one, you'll get it delivered right to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off your purchase. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. to the wise men say podcast we are back by popular demand because we've been away for a few days um don't know if that's true or not no it's not it's, it's, we're back on a wednesday because we were going to do monday and then had a work thing happened and then we couldn't so we're doing it on wednesday that's yeah. why we're doing it today. so i would say we are efficient if anything Mm. And we didn't do a reaction this week as well, so yeah. we haven't spoken about the Luton game. And all it seems yonks ago, we'll just do uh, we'll just do maybe like five minutes on it and, and brush over. But there's loads of stuff to go over, isn't there? The international break always gives us a chance just to um, look at the wider season, maybe look at the fixtures we've got left, um, look at the um, share split changing, um, for which one of our guests' presence will. <laughs> is required. Um, is it Mick, is it? And other stuff. Yeah, Mickey Loft's here and he's going to talk yeah, all about yeah. Juan Satori and Stuart Donald and uh, give us some real insight onto that. Looking forward to doing that, Mick. Yeah, well, my C and GCSE maths is finally coming to good use. <laughs> did you get a C first time round or did you have to reset it? Um, first time round. No, I'll get you. What did you get, Chris? Where you going near star, did you? Chris no, Webspoon, who's actually... joining us also. Hi. I actually, I actually uh, didn't get an A star. I got an A, but I could give, give you a very nerdy caveat if you want. <laughs> Who doesn't love a nerdy, a nerdy caveat? I did, I did a year yeah, early. That's the title of the pod, sort of. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I, I, I did a year early. So actually, oh the, my god, joke, jokes on me because um, because I didn't get an A star in it. I missed out on one of my uni choices. So that was good, wasn't it? Well, oh, did, some, did Sunderland knock you back, did they? Yeah. Uh-huh. But you should know. I mean, I'll be in the records of like <laughs> people barred from from the premises. Which uni did you try to go to? One of the Oxbridge ones? Uh, yeah, I had an interview at Oxford. Uh, and obviously, I am not I'm not wanted down there by anyone. Wait, so wait a minute. This is, uh, <laughs> is this just legacy his, bit, his, his, his bitterness is coming to the, uh, to the yeah. fore now. Yeah. As soon as I heard the word from there, I'm like, not, not having this. <laughs> was one of them on the panel? <laughs> I think I think that's afforded them far too much um, intelligence. <laughs> one of, oh. It wasn't it wasn't a it wasn't a business degree, you know, which obviously one of them knows all about. Um, but yes, anyway, uh, how how have we got under this? Well done, or why not? Just uh... better than talking about the Luton game, which was. Uh... That is true. Well, well, I want to say this, right? You know, like me and Mick met, um, bumped into each other outside the ground after the match and had a right, um, like sort of enthusiastic discussion about it, didn't we, Mick? I, I actually thought the game was all right. I know I'm in the 
really small minority when I say that, but and I'm not saying, you know, I'm not suggesting the quality was great, but I, I didn't think it was a bad game. I think working with what we have at the moment against this team who are really have been sitting in the playoffs for the majority of the season, I think I think we were the better team and I think we played all right, personally. Fuck me up, Mick. No, I think you're right. Um, I think especially what you said there, the context is important because we've named an unshared side um, on Wednesday night and on Saturday. And I think that's a hell of a lot of football to play against three like, quality opponents in the championship. Um, and I think we still do it really well. And I think that's twice now in the space of a few days where we went a goal down, but we responded really well and didn't fall because... That was my worry after the Stoke game. I was thinking, well, have, have we shown like a real fragility here? But we kept going and we got ourselves back in the game, whether it was a penalty or not, up for, up for debate. But no, I think um, it maybe wasn't a brilliant game in terms of a spectacle, but I think from a Sunderland performance viewpoint, I think we competed really well and I think we got a deserved draw. We were the only team trying to win it from when we scored at the end of the game. So I was quite encouraged, to be honest. I think, and I remember what they had. So they had one shot in the first half where the lads sort of, Done well against himself in a position, but he's kind of overrun it and sliced it wide. I remember that one. Um, a couple of minutes before we conceded, Patterson made that excellent save low to his left-hand corner. Um, and then the goal. I can't, unless I'm missing something, I can't remember anything else from them, I really. I didn't think we played <clears throat> badly. I just thought it was a very dull game. It was, it was, it was just one of those I don't know, it just didn't... For us, it kind of felt like one of those games where you're kind of just marking time until the end of the season, which is a bit weird because obviously for them they're right in the playoff mix. Uh, I did, I I thought I thought we played fine. I was just very bored, to be honest. Um, and yeah, like it, it's an okay result. Not not like I think I think all the things that we knew we had issues with were like apparent again, mainly up front. Um, I thought I thought in midfield we looked we looked better than we had um, in certain games recently. Um, I thought defensively we looked alright. It was just a bit of a nothing game. It was the quality of it was really poor. I would say it's arguably the poorest quality game we've had this season. Like if that if that game was in League One, I don't think anyone really is overly surprised. I I, I thought it, I don't know. Well, I think, two, you know... Two teams cancel each other out, I You know what you're going to get with, with them when um, they kick off the game and roll the ball back to their goalkeeper to hang the ball in the air. That is, yeah. you know... And, and they did that, you know, after we scored as well. So it's obviously something they do all the time. You think, right, five seconds into the game here and we know what um, we're going to get from this team anyway. Um, but I just think, again, it just highlights how... It's the league's just not all that this season. And it's just, you know, you can't help but think it's a missed opportunity. That I think that Tom Lockyer yeah. for them was good. Um, I think that's that, one of the reasons the game was a bit, like, you were kind of a, a little bit frustrated in the game. That, like like I said, the game wasn't higher in quality, but then you were like, yeah, these are above us, but they're really not any great. Like, don't get me wrong, I think, like, for the historic size of a club like Luton and, and the stuff they're doing down there. I think they're really well run and I think they're doing really well. But like, yeah, I, I agree. Like, I think from our perspective, you kind of look at it and you think, you know, yeah, the league isn't that great this season. So it just feels like it's kind of petering out a bit when really there was 
there was a lot there was a bit of momentum going in the end of January and since then it's kind of all tailed off. Well, what's up? One in seven. Yeah, it 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 has, and we'll get on that when we look at the wider discussion. And I don't want to be too, you know, I kind of feel like with, you know, everybody knows our stance on it, don't they? I think just looking at the game in isolation, I think, really, to just try and like raise spirits. Um, for me, you know, it it's encouraging that we aren't far away from from being a team and compete. Of course, who's in the division next season is going to impact impact on that. Again, which we can look at a little bit later. What do we think for the goal for their for their goal? Keeper fault. I I thought he was at the match, but I sit at the other end and the angle that I sat at the number of deflections because I think it was a couple, wasn't it? Wasn't really that apparent. I, I think haven't seen it back. I, I think it's one of those that like it makes the keeper look bad, but really in real time. The ball's bouncing around. I, I think it's a difficult one to blame him too much for. I think he want you'd 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 expect himself to save it, wouldn't he? That's the thing. I think. I mean, like Stephen said, he before the goal, he's he's made a brilliant save. So it's like, you know, he. he we're back to being, spo- yeah. being spoiled a bit now, aren't we? After after what we're had over the last four seasons yeah I mean we are um, but he is a I very guess. good goalkeeper so I think it's it's a fair point that he'll probably think he should have saved it uh, I think like we hold we hold him to a higher standard than yeah. resident goalkeeper expert Mikilov's staying very quiet on this debate I have to say no I think to be fair I'm being quiet because I can't really add much more to what Chris and Gareth said I agree that He'll be disappointed in himself. And I was the same as Chris when I saw it on the ground. I thought, oh, that's an absolute howler. But then when I've seen it back, it's took certainly one, possibly two deflections on the way through. And when you've set yourself to try and get something behind the ball that deviates even slightly, then it's going to knock you off kilter. So for me, it's um, it's really frustrating. But um, it's, a, it's a mistake, but you'll, you'll get over it. And what I do like about Paxson is he doesn't let it phase him. For some goalkeepers, they make an error and they go to the pot. But that never seems to be the case with Paxson. He's just quite... Feeler still and um, fully deserved his call up to the England under twenty one squad as well, which is good to see. People make mistakes, don't the players make mistakes? So it's just one of those things. Think about the last time we in the championship, and it was um, one or two mistakes a week from the goalkeepers, and they all had a go at it. So the odd one from a keeper who's learning and can only get better um, is no bad thing, is it really? I think the highlight of my entire time supporting Sunderland was Robin Ryder conceding the same goal yeah. twice in about four minutes against was it was it Millwall Redden Millwall that was it yeah the exact same free kick went through him in exactly the same position so I think yeah when when we've got that to draw on it's hard to get too annoyed at um, at a keeper like Patterson I think. I was actually sitting for that game with a friend of the pod, David Priest. So that was quite good, wasn't it? Sitting next to like a oh, goalkeeper. He, he found a way to defend him. Probably, didn't he? I can't. Remember, I can't remember. I can't. I don't think he did. To be fair, <laughs> I think he just felt sorry for him. He was very bad. Yeah, right. It was the best of the three. I think 
which is saying, hey, Jason Steele, keep oh, no. clean sheets well, in the Premier even, League. Let's not even... Get him in your fantasy team, ladies and gents. I don't want to talk about this anymore. <laughs> <laughs> um, just before we move on from the game, because I need so much we can say, uh, penalty soft, but I think, you know, had we... We could have sat and, like, we could sit and go over Sunderland's, like, last four or five games where the refereeing have... The referees have directly caused us a result. You know, Sheffield United and Coventry straight away winning goals or, or goals scored by the opposition in a game that we lost by one goal. It shouldn't have been allowed. Um, and there's more than that as well. Um, that said, it was it was really soft. But I think personally, if that is given in the Premier League, I don't think they are, are overturning it because he's, he's grabbed all of his hand. Is that yeah, fair? Probably. Yeah, I think so. Um it was just weird. Like the the delay in the referee giving it was really strange. Well, when you look back, though, he's 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 speaking the whole time, so he's ta- he's clearly talking. So did the linesman like? Because I didn't think the linesman. He's talking to the linesman clearly, so he's looking. He didn't know, but he's when 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 you see the footage back, he's making eye contact with the linesman, and he's talking. You can see him talking away, right. talking away nonstop. So he's obviously, I'm guessing, he's thinking it's a penalty. And right. I guess he's just saying to him something along the lines of, did he put his hand on his arm? Did he put his hand on his arm? And if he yeah. said yes, then, he, then he's given it, is what, is what I was thinking must have been, must have happened. I think, it's, I think it is really soft, but I, I do actually agree. I think if it's given, weirdly, if it's, if it's not given, you, it doesn't get overturned, I don't think. But if it is given, it also doesn't get overturned. If, if yeah, that, that's what I mean. That's because that's where yeah. VR works. It needs to be. Yeah, exactly. It needs to be clear and every obvious error in which I don't think they could see it was because if you, you you run the risk if you put your hands on on you know if, if a centre forward's going past you and you put your hand and and he, and he clenches his fist while he puts his hand on his arm and he lets go quite quickly but he's made the action and yeah, you know that's yeah. it's a risk that I was just about to say I think if um, if we give away that penalty. I would have been more annoyed at the defender than the referee because you've given the referee a decision to make. And I actually think that ball's going to comfortably run out for a goal kick if he doesn't do that. So, as I say, if I was a Luton supporter, I'd be more annoyed with the defender for giving the referee a decision to make rather than the referee for giving the penalty. I mean, it is soft, but as I've said before, there's no such thing in my mind as a moral penalty or not a penalty. It objectively is or it isn't. And for me, it's a violation of a rule, so it's a penalty. Yeah, anybody else got anything pressing they want to add about the about the match that happened about a million days ago? I was just going to say, I thought Mowbray got his substitutions pretty spot on. I think he deserves credit for that because he changed the shape of the team and really changed the momentum of the game. Um, I mean, like I say, they weren't any great shakes, but to be honest, after they scored, I fully expected them to just go on and see the game out because I really didn't think we were going to score. I mean, even, at, even after the substitutes, I really wasn't sure that we were going to score, but he did. Um, changed the momentum of the game and um, I know certainly when he first came in I think quite a lot of us were a bit critical of his substitutions and we've heard that he makes some strange ones but he um, he got it spot on on Saturday He did, well what we used to do back in the day, we used to like look at this fixtures and I used to get people to like predict something but we haven't prepared for that I've just thought of that on the spot so I'm going to do a really quick one and you're just going to give me zero, one or two, three points each for the games. Then we'll have a little chat while I work it out and we're going to see where um, that amount of points would have, have had Sunderland finished in the previous few years. How about that? So a quick, quick fire 
game of predicting the season because we used to have full episodes on this, like an hour and a half and that. But we yeah, because there was something on it. But... Well, I know, but you know, it's it, it's interesting, isn't it? I, I'm just interested to see where, you know, in likelihood we subconsciously think Sunderland are going to finish. Why not? Okay. Is anybody saying we're not going to lose at Burnley? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> <laughs> no, no. Okay, that was a nice easy one then, wasn't it? Um, I need Jimmy Ray on for that one. Yeah, yeah. Oh, that's what we should have done. We should. Have, who's the Who's the most negative? And we should have got them on with Jimmy and 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 compared notes to see what the crack was at the end. Oh. Um, what about Hull City um, on the uh, Bank Holiday Monday, Chris? Um, that's a, I, th- I think a draw. Okay, Gareth. Draw. Mick. I'm going win. Yes, big lad. Okay, and then we have uh, Cardiff City away, Chris. Win. Gareth. Win. Mick. I'm going draw because I think Cardiff are playing a lot better under the new manager. Okay. Uh, Birmingham at home, Chris. Oh. Um. Ooh. I thought this was the bank. There's, there's two bankers, and I thought this was one I of them. This... Yeah, I, I, yeah, I, I'm. It's because our home form is not great, but yeah, I would say win. Gareth? Win. Mick? Yeah, win. Okay, the next one seems like the other banker, uh, although our old friend Neil Warnock might have other suggestions. Chris, Huddersfield at home. Yeah, that's one of them because I can see us like like it being like 1-1 one, one or like nil-nil or something. Okay. A horrible game. So Gareth? Uh, win. Mick? Yeah, I'm one win as well. So I will form, actually, you know, like Gareth, you've got us picking up uh, 10 points out of a possible 12. So, well, people's, well, yeah, but I'm just, people are going to be shouting for the playoffs then, aren't they? Yeah, I would imagine if you put that kind of run together. Because we're about seven points behind the playoffs. Well, this is the thing, though. Well, I know, but you're taking 10 out of 12 points. It's not bad. I might put you in contention. But then the final, well, two of the final three games um, could be where... If that did happen, we put ourselves in contention, then um, it, could, it could start the meltdown. Uh, West Brom away, Chris. Uh, we'll get beat. Yeah. Gareth? Uh, defeat. Mick? Yeah, I think we'll lose. Okay. Uh, Watford at home, Chris? Um, hmm. I think we might get beaten that one, actually. Yeah. Gareth? Defeat. Mick? I'm going to go for a draw. Okay, and then finally, last game of the season, Chris is Preston away. Preston, um, yeah, I think Preston are a weird team out there. I, I think we might win that one. I think it'll be your classic, Nothing Ryan on it, win the game. Okay, Gareth, draw, Mick, draw for me too. Right, okay. Uh, do you want to um, maybe read some Twitter questions, Gareth, while I do me maths on this? Um, because because I'm not Chris and I can't just do, wanna, do it. Do you want to uh, ring me off the call? Do you want to ring? <laughs> I'm not Chris and this might take me a few minutes. So I'm gonna what I'm gonna do right, is also on. load up the tables of previous seasons. So uh, um, I think that's that's not that could have been a lot worse, or couldn't it? Considering like the context, and again, it just reminds of how frustrating it is. Because were we in good shape? Like it was on for us. It really was, wasn't it? It's so yeah. annoying. So annoying. I'm filling here, Gareth. Do you need any more time? Okay, no, I've got so firstly okay. we'll start. Sergeant Scooter Boy's got in touch and said thanks to all at uh, FDR Clone for sorting out replacement overshirt. And the course was a <clears> K 
came with it with a top service. But the main takeaway with that is he said thanks to Wiseman Say Pod for the discount code. Yeah, so, you were, yeah, not, you know, for that. big big thanks to Fritz Glader who was sponsoring us for the uh, reaction show now, and that discount code is there WMS fifteen, not even ten, fifteen. Ooh. There you go. Go and have a look at the stuff. I guarantee there'll be something on it that you like. Um, I have numerous items that I did acquire before the sponsored us as well. Just, just to, just to, just to put that out there. So oh. go check that out, and I'll do me maths. <laughs> Twitter's rubbish now, isn't it? Like what, what? You can't. Here we go. Nothing's coming up in the replies for tweets and replies. That's terrible. Um, so here we go. I've got a question from Dan Emble. No, we'll go for. We'll go for Daryl Gray first, who says, are we destined to have a French manager in the future? <laughs> are we destined to have a French manager in the future? A 19-year-old French manager. <laughs> um, well, yeah, I'm not, not too sure. Not too sure. All depends on what the super dupe uh, the machine tells us. Yeah, it's boring, wasn't it? Right. Dan Embleton says, have some of our injury problems this season been due to Mowbray and the amount of work he was expecting in games, specifically strikers, plural, that's stretch, and fullbacks. Um, I say this is Blackburn's form fell off a cliff when Brereton Diaz was injured last season. Is, is it not more to do with the fact that the squad is primarily comprised of young kids who haven't played a lot of football? And it's a demanding, <laughs> it's a demanding pursuit to ask them to play every game. I mean, like like Ross, as we've talked about before, but Ross Stewart. Okay, he's a little bit older, but Ross Stewart played forty nine games last season, played nearly every minute. Um, so uh, he was probably due at least one injury. Um, yeah, I think putting it on Mowbray is harsh. Yeah, no, I completely agree because I think the difficulty Mowbray has had as well with a lot of the uh, substitutions he's replacing, kind of like. Inexperience with further inexperience, so yeah. we've got the likes of them um, like Meechu and Bar who are playing a lot more minutes now, and then we're bringing on Equar who hasn't like kicked the ball competitively before he's come to Sunderland. And I think this is kind of sums up the issue that we've had. I mean, we've got Dan Neil, this is only his second season of full football when last season he had to come out of the team due to burnout, and in recent weeks, I think he's been shown symptoms of that again. So I think you can blame the manager if they've got all the tools at their disposal and we're still getting all the injuries and we're achieving the results that we've achieved recently. But I don't think it's fair really to blame the manager when, as I say, we haven't got like obvious experience or like better quality to replace these young players with. So I think it's just a little bit of a, a symptom of the... I think we have been had bad luck with injuries equally. We've left ourselves short in some key areas too. Yeah. And to, like in, on the inexperience point, just... So I can never miss an opportunity to chuck a stat in. Um, <laughs> Joel, Joel, Gel, Joel Gelhart, um, when we signed him, had played fewer professional minutes than we had left in the season. And he was like, he's our only striker. So I think it's yeah. like, it's kind of hard. I know he hasn't got injured in that yet, but it, I think, yeah, I agree, Mick. I think it would be very harsh to blame that on Mowbray. I mean, even before Stuart got injured at Fulham, don't forget, how it was a very brief overlap of time where we had both Stewart and Sims available because Mowbray had only been in the door two weeks when Stewart got injured against Middlesbrough. He didn't come back to the whole City game on the 17th of December, I believe it was, and then Sims went yeah. back to Everton on New Year's Eve. So he literally had a grand total of just over about two weeks in his 
whole time as manager where he's had more than one striker to work with. You know, it's as I say, it's harsh to blame, I think. A question from and- Ander Grimm here who says, What do you feel are the priorities for the summer? This could include recruitment, fan experience, engagement, <laughs> and infrastructure. Let's not even go for the obvious uh, position on the pitch because I think we are all uh, we're all in agreement about that one. I, I, I well, it depends who we sell, doesn't it? Well, yeah, yeah, exactly. And 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 you know, again, could call us cynical, but I do wonder if they're trying. He, he talks up enough in public. Um, assuming nobody goes in the summer, are we thinking like? Oh, are we? Is anybody going to go too far away from just maybe a little bit of experience to go down the spine of the spine of the side? I mean, that, in my opinion, would have us comfortably in the playoffs. But you, you can't see the club doing it, can you? It just doesn't look like it's. Yeah, you certainly can't see them spending money on it. Um... The thing is, like Mowbray is going to be so because Mowbray had said earlier in the season when Corey Evans was fit, you know. He made a statement, I'm paraphrasing, saying, you know, um, I know incoming transfers aren't my call, but if they listen to me, we would have somebody who can who can do what Corey Evans does. And, and they didn't do that. And now he's injured. And he's not, probably not going to make the start of the season as well, is he? So surely he's going to be he's going to be demanding that, surely. Yeah, he has to be. I actually, I think this question, we could literally do an entire pod on yeah. it. Yeah. In the summer, and we probably will. (laughs) Yeah, um, I think for me, yeah, I I certainly agree with that. I think as well, it would be nice to see the off the field stuff finally start to step up. The narrative has been we'll get this stuff, the other stuff right first, and I don't know, we'll we'll obviously talk about it in the second half, but it's it's a bit of a shambles. So, I think, yeah, like. You want to see improvement on the field. You want to see it off the field as well. But I definitely, get, I think the the Evans point, like everyone was obviously delighted that he signed a, a new contract. But you're right, Stephen. I mean, I don't think he's going to be back for August. And even if he is, like that's a really severe injury, especially at, at his age. Um, so yeah, they definitely need to fill the gap there. Um, another one here. I'll start with Kieran Lawrence's question, who says. Um, how much do you reckon he should be ro- we should be rotating the squad to give some of the lads minutes? Um, and how much do we think he actually will? Obviously, he being Mowbray, would be inclined to say not very much to both questions, given how little time most of the starters have had themselves. But we'll also mention a question sort of simultaneously, which kind of ties in from D, just D, is at DR Safk on Twitter. Should we play the loan players anymore? Kind of all kind of ties well, together. Well, it's, it's it's interesting that one because I, I think like, uh, and I've seen this, and I think it's a fair question, and I think it's a valid question to ask that. It's the age-old argument, isn't it? I think it's not new that a football fan would say if they got to a stage of the season um, when you've got nothing to play for, like let's not maybe develop somebody else's players and develop our own. And I think on a basic level, I think that's true. What I would what I would say in this instance, because of the situation we've got. No centre forwards, etc., cetera, etc., cetera. and down to the bare bones, I would be concerned that if you take our best player out the side, Ahmad, for example, um, then you know you are less likely to win, confidence is less likely to grow, and at the minute, I would just try and I think we need to try and finish the season as strongly as possible to keep that morale up going on yeah. in the next season. Would be my view on that. 
Don't know if I've got, a, I've got, um, I've got a slightly different take, okay. maybe not a take, but just a view on it that I want to float on that kind of opinion, which you'll probably see me dragged over the coals. But that's one for the second half. <laughs> oh, so you're not going to tell us now? You oh, right, yeah. for the second, okay. for the second <laughs> half. Leaving us in suspense. Well, well, so we're, we're uh, going to be talking about something else in the second half, and then you're just going to say, "I'm going to answer that question." No, now. no, it ties in. No, it ties in. It ties in. <laughs> okay, fair Hello. enough. Okay, well, I'll answer it. Um, I I agree, but I'm mad, and I think on Gelhart, like. Who the hell else are we going to play? <laughs> like, yeah. like, I'm not really sure who else we could put in. And I, I think, really, truthfully to me, we're not really doing Gelhart any favours no. by playing him. And who's but suddenly going to do a better job? I've seen a few people yeah. shout for Jack Clark. I'm funny, like, what, what, what have you seen? Would, what have you, you seen that? That, that would make you think that that's a better, a better option? He's one, of the, he's one of the best wingers in the division. He is, I would say, of the players we own, he is our best player, certainly our best attacking player. Uh, well, maybe Ross Stewart, but him and Ross okay, Stewart currently... are tied, probably. Yeah. I would say, yeah, Rick Roberts yeah, as well. Is. Let's not forget old Paddy. See, I, 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 I mean, it's, it's nice to have the choice, Ooh. isn't it? But, but yes, I, I agree. I, I don't really see the, I don't really see the, um, the appeal in that, and I just think, really, like being selfish about it. If it, <laughs> if it's going to knacker someone's confidence, which I think unfortunately it is with Gelhart, maybe it is better to do that with a lone player than, um. Some child in the under twenty ones who clearly isn't ready anywhere. Mick, any any great opinions? No, I think um, I think he's have summed it up well there. I think yeah, we need to get as many points on the board between now and the end of the season. And I think whilst as a fan base, I think we maybe said it's unlikely we're going to make the playoffs. There's still an outside chance. So I think until that is like kind of mathematically done, I think we need to keep on building the strongest side possible. Otherwise. And again, as you said, Stephen, I don't want to be in a scenario where, because I think, we, like you said, we've won one of our last seven, so I don't want that to translate where we're going to be in the season and we've won like two in our last 12 or something like that. You know what I'm saying? I want to, as you say, keep a bit of momentum going because broadly I think it's been a very positive season and I want to go into the next season with that same positivity rather than going and saying, yeah, it was a great season, but then after January we just fell apart. Okay. Anything else more, before we that's move the on? point that's more on the point that I want to discuss, not about whether we should play lone players or not, by the way. Okay. Well we'll come to it then. Clear. I'll come to it then. Uh, we wanna we'll 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 have a break just now because we want to talk about the um the new share split and uh season tickets. A few people have asked us about so we ran a poll on Twitter to see uh, how many of our listeners are renewing for next season. Uh Chris, you have Sunderland finishing on sixty-four points. As do you, Gareth, and Mick has us finishing on 65 points. Yeah, we're finishing 10th, lads. Excellent. Oh, the Steve Bruce special. <laughs> Although, mm. what, like, I think my point stands in that, you know, I think the last three games, we're going to pick up one or three points is what people think, which means if we finish 10th, it means three games in the season. If we were going to go along with that, we might just be in with a shout and people might start to build the hopes up. But I think everybody realistically knows that. Don't. Just, just forget <laughs> it, Stephen. I have. I am just saying, you are the ones who the predicted last... Sunderland to be on the verge of the playoffs with three games I said, Well, what did I, I say? I've said, this, I've said this consistently <laughs> for the second half of the season that... It will not surprise me that if we are four or five points away from the playoffs with three or four games to go, because play- teams who 
perform like ourselves are always in that position towards the end of the season. But towards the end of the season, three, four, five points from the playoffs is a, is is quite significant um, in terms of trying to get in there in the last few games because there's so many teams usually on a similar amount of points trying to get in. So. The division's going to be fascinating next year, isn't it? Have you seen the League One yeah. promotion race? Yeah. Barnsley have suddenly dragged themselves into it. That was a fantastic and game last night as well. The Barnsley, Sheffield, and the one didn't there. So Plymouth have gone top two. And then Sheffield Wednesday have games in hand still below second. And then Ipswich have games in hand that would take them to within a point of of Plymouth. And then Barnsley have a couple of games in hand which would take them to a point within Plymouth now. So yeah, it's not going to um, be an easy league. And then season. and then whoever's coming down, are we still well, thinking one of the big guns are going to come down probably from the Premier League? Leeds, Everton, Southampton. Yeah. I think yeah. I mean, in, I think Southampton's inevitably going to go, but I think Everton will probably pull clear. But West Ham, I remember yeah, the West shout. Ham, yeah. Leeds. This is the thing, isn't it? We've spoke before about picking and choosing. The thing is, yeah. any of them that come down, yeah. you kind of fancy them to, especially with like parachute payments, you fancy them to be back up there, don't you? I know Norwich this year have, um, have knackered themselves a bit, but. Norwich, yeah, it's it's be... never, Norwich don't throw the money about to them, they never have done. No. This will be Bournemouth's second sort of relegation promotion kind of up and down if they go down in, in the space of what four or five years. So they yeah. had two seasons in the championship before getting promoted again, didn't they? So that's kind of what's starting to happen. You've got like a little glut of clubs who like are like not good enough for the Prem, too good enough for the championship. Yeah. Watford, West Brom. Yeah. Norwich, like I said. Yeah. Mm. Anyway, that used to be us. Remember those days? <laughs> well, I mean, <laughs> kind of, but kind of. It, I mean, people say that, but we kind of aren't. It was on. It's like twice that happened. Yeah. In the fifteen point in, in ninety six, ninety seven. Yeah. And we went down with forty points in ninety six, ninety seven. Probably well. like a ten year period between ninety five and two thousand five. Yeah. We were that team, weren't we? Yeah. Yeah. We had four. We had four <clears> seasons <throat> in the in the Premier League under. Initially, Reed and then Wilkinson. Um, so it wasn't like we went up and down, up and down. Yeah, I guess if you stretch out back to ninety, though, we had a an up and down, and then maybe four seasons in in the yeah. championship. So maybe like over that fifteen year period, we were very much a a yo yo team. Yeah. Anyway, we'll take a quick break there, and we'll come back and we'll speak about more stuff. <laughs> Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market.
gear up for the match with suitable casual clobber. From overshirts and jackets to polos and tees, hoodies, sweatshirts, hats and more. Fritis Glada is making waves in the pubs and on the terraces. Come join the FDR movement and get 15% off with your discount code WMS. Stand out in the crowd, be indie, search FDR clothing online and on socials. Welcome back to the Wiseman Say podcast. Right, everybody here renewing their season ticket next year. So just did it, just did it. Forgot about it to be honest. I did mine a day as well, actually. It just renewed automatically. So Yeah. It's sixty pounds more. Without the notification. I haven't had an email. Should I have? Are you still blacklisted? Yeah. Uh, Yeah. yes, sorry, it's it's gone to my alias's email. I'll check that. Yeah. With Crellerspoon. <laughs> um I'd like to think even they wouldn't have been thrown by that yeah. one. Well mm. we got just shy of a thousand votes on this, which I'm surprised at. Normally um our polls vote more, but maybe maybe not all of our listeners are season ticket holders, so they don't think a question about um renewing is, is for them. So hundred percent renewing or renewed. We had eighty five percent, so a strong number. Haven't decided yet is a further nine percent which just leaves 6% to say they aren't renewing. We did ask a few people why not um, or why they were thinking about it. Um, we have um, Roker and Dweller John saying, last season was the first time in 41 years I didn't renew. Picked my games as I'm unconvinced with the owners. Um, Chris paid attention. Uh, January window, underline that when they um, Decide what year of the plan they will go for promotion. I will reconsider. Ken Towers mine auto renewed last week. Didn't know it was due. Um, that tends to be the pattern we're getting. A lot of people saying that they didn't even realise it was renewing and it's done. Um, Alan Anderson not renewed yet. As I feel more confident and comfortable with the season cards. Had problems in the past. I think they did say they would look at that, didn't they, on a on a request basis um, for people who don't have smartphones, etc. John Chapman, I'm not renewing. Price of everything, what it is. Coupled with the fact I can't make all the games because of work. My son's losing interest. Sorry to hear that. Um, Ethan, love the lads regardless of their questionable decisions. It won't get in the middle of it for me. Um, so, yeah. Aaron could end up working abroad. <laughs> Fed up. Bloody <laughs> <laughs> part-timers, um, man. Yeah. <laughs> Gareth oh, Frank, renewed. Just wish changing seats was made easier. Renewed as always. Alan Davis says... Um, AJJ, Southwest Corner can't stand up all game. If I, can't, if I sit down, I can't see. Um, price of beer and cider is ridiculously high. Bus takes forever to get off the bridge. I think the summer will sort you out, AJJ. You've just been a bit of a, a grump towards the end of the season there. Mike Stubbs just renewed. So lots of people basically, there's lo- thanks for all your feedback. There's far too many to read out. But uh, there are a few people saying that, well, it is renewed, but they didn't really have a choice because it's done and they, didn't, they weren't made aware of the uh, price hike. Which is interesting. Generally, though, price is okay, I think, still. I don't think we can complain on that front, anybody? Yeah, I think they're all right. Um, I think it's it's a comms issue, really, isn't it? Yes, um, yes. Like, if you're going to put the prices up, and I don't think... I, I think we're, we are probably due. I, I think there's reasons why it couldn't have been put up in the past. But, yeah, I, I, 
I think it's hard to get too annoyed at the prices themselves, but I, I think it you just piss people off when they find out not from you. Like if you don't, you need to get out in front of that sort of thing, even if it's like an agreeable thing. Um, people are going to be a bit miffed because it, it then gets them thinking, oh, were they trying to sneak this under the radar? And really they're just very, very bad on the commercial side of things. Um, but yeah, I think in terms of the prices themselves, certainly for the normal tickets, I think they're all right. I think the, the Black Cats bar is a weird one. Yes. And I know there's people who listen to the pod who um, are quite miffed about that, understandably so. I think like they, they took the food off enough and stuff like that, so not really sure what the appeal is. What's the motivating factor of going to Black Cats bar if you don't get like a meal? <laughs> exactly. It's not even like yeah. a premium seat. Like the well, back the thing, of behind it? the goal. like With the away fans above you. <laughs> like, they were always just bog standard seats. You didn't pay extra for those before they became the black no. cats bars because it used to be the up and north, yeah, didn't it? Used it to, yeah, it used to be yeah, the yeah, up and north. It was like cushion seats. seats at yeah, the front. The front yeah. yeah. Yeah, that's a weird one. And I think that speaks to probably a bit of a wider worry about how they're not really investing in building the club up on that side of things. But I think I think in terms of the price and in the rest of the ground, I think. Yeah, probably Jared, and I know it's only certain areas of the ground as well, isn't it? Because my um, father-in-law got in touch today was to get me to sort his renewal out and sent me his email, and his price hadn't gone up, which is very upsetting because mm-hmm. mine's gone up a lot. How old Not is he? Um, how old is he? No, it's not. I, he's sixty-one, so it won't be that. I think he no. must be because is it the corners where it hasn't gone up? He must just. I'm sure. I'm sure. Like it's only like so far along that the prices have gone up, because his is still um, three ninety, which I think is like the lowest. I'm sure he has a decent seat. So yeah, I don't think overall the prices are too bad, but I, I do think the Black Cat's Bar yeah. is a weird one. I think mine's three ninety. I think self stand. I think that's perfectly reasonable. Yeah, same over here. Yeah. And the yours not gone up. Mine's gone up sixty quid. Well, yeah, yeah. Same. Well, I don't. That, I don't think like the prices are bad. Like I just think that, like we've discussed. I mean, they could probably just be a bit more. Especially when they've had a couple of meetings recently with like. What What I would say is, you know, when people links. talk about, so you know, when ex club official at whatever level senior of seniority appears on something, say, or does an interview. So it'll be like, oh, it's a privilege to to hear from them. Generally, is the um the kind of the initial kind of vibe about it. So they try and cram all these, they cram the questions in, they give the answers, and then after, no matter what they've said, the general response will be people saying, "Oh, it was transparent and open from X person." That it just because somebody comes and says things out loud does not mean that they are transparent. They're just saying stuff, right? This is a lack of transparency when you put somebody's season ticket price up sixty quid and don't say anything. Yeah, yeah. It'll be it's yeah. transparent to send an email saying hi, just to let you know you, the season ticket price for you for this area of the stadium when your season ticket or run use in two weeks. Is going to go up by this much. If you want to move seats before your you, your seat automatically renews, then get in touch. You need to get in touch with us to let us know you want to move to a cheaper area yeah. of the stadium if you can't afford it. 
I think Chris made a good point when we were just chatting before like we started recording that I think football clubs generally, like Chris was saying, get away with a much lower level of service than you'd expect in almost any other industry because you know, like most things in life were very quick to kind of like change and were prepared to be a customer of something else, but football fans were kind of like lifelong um, like supporters of these clubs. So I think it is poor the lack of communication and because we don't really expect a great level of transparency. We just expect kind of like the bare minimum. And I don't even think we've got that with this. I mean, a basic viewpoint, like if you're going to put somebody's, um, if not in breach of a direct debit guarantee even, you know what I mean? I know it's like a bit of a trivial point, but it's just little annoyances that add up and that shouldn't be happening. There's a, there's a level of incompetence at the moment that's in place at, at Sunderland. And I think the thing is, because we've done all right, better than all right in, in terms of expectation on the pitch this season, those things tend to get ignored yeah, when, you, yeah. when you're winning and doing well. It generally is when you're losing and not doing well where people get annoyed about every single little minute detail. But I don't think the things... The problem you've got is when people are getting annoyed about things that aren't, I would argue, minute details, and then they get sort of almost shouted down for being like negative or slagging the club off or whatever. It's not. It's just like, you know, if you went to a restaurant and sat down for your meal ordered and then the the menu price and then they went came back to you after you've ordered and said oh by the way um the, the price has gone up of your meal what do you do then yeah you know what i, I mean think... it's like well you, you, you don't do you don't generally do that do you like it's not like you said they've got a captive market and they know like across across the game football supporters are loyal to one team and the know that it's hard not to think there's been an error. There's been an error somewhere because it just oh, seems yeah. like what, what we're seeing yeah, here is pretty has, obvious. And and I know we've complained about like what seems to be like cuts behind the scenes and the services is isn't great a lot of the time. But that this is basic stuff that any yeah. business would know. So I can't believe there hasn't. Well, there's been no an need. Error. There's no need. There's, this is a point I'm making. Though there's no need to. Um, serve your customers to a level expected when they will keep coming back regardless of what you do. Yeah. So even if they lose 2 or 3% of people from their actions, it's, you know, it's they're not going to be bothered. Counter, it's completely counterproductive though as well, isn't it? Because it doesn't really, like, incentivize you to go and spend more. Like, I, we'll, we'll all get well, our season yeah. tickets and that. You could try, that, but you, you probably couldn't. <laughs> well, that's the thing, exactly. It's 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 nigh on impossible to to buy a Sunderland strip, which is just absolutely ridiculous. And that I know they've consistently blamed like stockists and stuff, but it's ridiculous. Like I I think it's it's pretty apparent that the issue is them. Yeah. You did the de- you did the deal, so yeah, exactly. They did the deal, so you can't complain when the deal is just fulfilled to whatever level that they skimped on and agreed with. Like I know at the Ren White Army meeting last season, they made a the I can't remember who it was. It might have been Dave Rose made a comment where he basically said it's easier to buy a Newcastle United top in Sunderland than it is to buy a Sunderland one. And I don't know that that's any a year down the line. I don't think it's any different. And it's it's just completely counterproductive. Like it, it, I'll buy my season ticket, but I've, I've got no real incentive or desire right. to go and spend spend money on the club. I mean, I know like Matthew put it up on Twitter last week, and he's half taking the myth, but like the kind of 
incentives that they give with the season card, they're just laughable. Like non-existent. Yeah, exactly. Ten percent off, but you've got to go to the store. Like you can get a free drink or whatever it is, but only forty-five minutes. No, it's not a free it's... drink. It's it's it's. I think it's a pie in a pint it... or something for six pound fifty up to but forty-five minutes before kickoff. Yeah, and it's just so like you get you like save like a pound or something, excluding it's club just... games. <laughs> But it's just, a, it's a really like, it, it feels like a really lazy way to approach it because if you did incentivize people to pay the money, like they would, like you've got like, you've got, what's the average gate this season? Something like 38,000. So say, even if, I don't know, say you've got 34,000 home fans really regularly, 35,000, like that's a lot of potential over the top income and stuff that they could be making and they're just not making any effort on it. Yeah. And it, and it's, and yeah, like I think the, the season card stuff. I remember two years ago, we we got panned for pointing out that them just sending the season cards out in a little envelope with nothing else attached. And in, on some of the season cards, they didn't even have the club badge printed on. And we got panned for saying that was unprofessional, but it's all it's all part of the same story, really. Like, I, like I It's think, just a lack of effort. Yeah. I think what one of my big issues is, is as a club, we seem to do something which is kind of like massively the wrong thing to do, receive a backlash and then amend it based on the backlash rather than being a bit preemptive about it and like understanding your fan base, understanding like any other business is expected to, understanding your customer base and acting accordingly. So for season ticket, we've done the hard push of, right, it's all going digital. And then when there's been backlash, we'll come out and said, well, actually, if you send us an email, we'll be able to do something about it where there could have been a much more happy medium, I think, could have been pushed out as an alternative. I mean, back in um, at the start of the season, we didn't have a ticket office that was open on a regular basis. You know, this is like kind of levels that like conference teams have ticket offices which are open every day. And it took a massive backlash from supporters for them to do anything about it. And for me, it's a really bad way to run a business. And I think we've all discussed this in the past. Yes, we do like a lot of what's happened at the club over the past year or so, but... There's no excuse for the size of club we are to operationally being so poor. So, like, I'm not saying that we should be spending like 10 million pounds on a striker every window, but what we have no excuse for is having a bad infrastructure. We should have the best infrastructure in the championship because we are the biggest club. So, we should be acting accordingly. And as I say, it's just kind of shoddy practice after shoddy practice, and eventually it chips away at you. And, like you say, we can't, like Chris said before. We're averaging 38,000 this season. For Sunderland in the Championship, that's unprecedented. I mean, I remember when I was a kid and I first started going to games under Mick McCarthy, like we won the league and we averaged less than 30,000. Even under Roy Keane, we averaged 33,000 when we won the league. So we can't take this um, fantastic support we've had in the past couple of years for granted. We need to make sure that every transaction with the supporters is as good and as transparent as possible. And I think the way we're going, it can only alienate people. I just think it's quite poor. I do I do think generally we are like as a support base taken for granted. Um yeah I agree. And and I, I would say that um that's probably the case. Obviously not studying every football club in the way that they interact with the supporters, it you know, many might argue, well yeah we are on different levels. It could be pricing, um or they you know some people might be unhappy about certain aspects of things. What I would say, like for Sunderland, obviously we, you know, the the, the community, the community drive that the club has, and often it's played on in 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 marketing and promotional material, um, isn't fulfilled 
buy them in reality. And I think, you know, I think we've seen this for quite a long time now. Um, at different, at, under different owners and at different levels, you know, they, it seems to be a case of, you know, we, if we can save some money somewhere, we'll do it and then we'll see how, how, how angry people get about it. And then we'll kind of, resolve it a little bit to kind of meet to so for example the ticket office is open but it is not staffed no so the person yeah, who exactly. works in black the work person who works on the front desk or whatever or in the office of black hat's house comes through and does the ticket office stuff it's like it's like it's like a hotel reception or something you got to ring a bell for somebody to come and help you do you know what i mean it's if, it's it's a very well. strange it's just a straight it's just a it's quite surreal a surreal thing you you know i it's just an odd. It's just an odd, an odd thing. I don't know. It's, it's and very... there's no excuse for it. That's the thing. No, that's the thing. And and as well, like I mean, going back to like the season ticket pricing. First of all, yeah, they they should be telling people. Um, but the fact, like that, we all think the pricing's okay. It doesn't get away from the fact that they didn't even consult with like the supporters group, which, like, surely that is one of the core things. That you would talk to a supporters group about, like that's one of that's pro- that's uh, none of us have missed that. Expense. That I can't remember reading that. That definitely didn't happen. So I that can't. was in the in the Red White Army minutes. They said that they said oh, the price is going up, and um, Red White Army replied saying there hadn't been any consultation with them. And I think Steve Davison replied, "Well, yeah, but we think it's a fair price." Now, okay, be that as it may, surely, like if they're not consulting on that, like it. it 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 goes back to what you were saying, Gareth. Like you, you just feel like the fan base is taken for granted because surely that, like, that is the single biggest transaction between like fan and the club in a, in a money sense. Like, surely that's something that you talk to the supporters group because let's be honest. Like, if they use the supporters group to get the message out, that would save them money and it would it would save them a lot of hassle. Um, but yeah, it, it does. It goes back to like, I think this is something that they really need to be careful of. And Mick, actually, that's a really good point about what the attendances used to be like in this division. Now, they're kind of, they're still kind of riding the wave off the back of COVID when obviously fans came flocking back for another season of League One football. That A lot of that came partially to do with the takeover, but it was also to do with the fact that we hadn't been able to go to the game for a year. Yeah. Got promoted. So like the momentum was, the momentum was like it's upward and or forward rather and then this season again you know they've improved again but like that's it's not guaranteed to last forever and I think I would hope that they're not banking on this level of support like for six seven eight years in this league I'm not seeing not, not hovering around the mid-table not hovering around yeah, exactly. mid-table so I don't I know we're aware we've we've gone on quite no, a while so we've gone on yeah, we have. Um, <laughs> we'll, just, we'll just do just do a quick summary on 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 the share stuff and Chris, because um, yay. Um, <laughs> but you know, look, I mean, at the end of the day, because I've seen a theory go around, and these theories aren't really based on anything, and people are guessing and speculating, and that's fine. It's the nature of football, really, and you know, it's no more than we do at times read between the lines and saying, and a lot of people are saying that the lack of investment off the pitch. Uh, well, actually, on and off the pitch at times could be due to the fact that Stuart Donald's still sitting there and needs to match the investment and it won't improve until he goes. So a significant reduction in his shares, which you could be sceptical about <laughs> and and why it's happened or whatever. But on the face of it, that's what we've asked for and that's what we've got. Again, it's creeping in the right direction, isn't it? If we talk about where yeah. we were last year. 
Yeah, I mean, I think, yeah, I mean, this this time a year ago, he owned a quarter more of the club than he does now. So I think in that respect, I think anything that pushes him back back to Oxford or EC or wherever the hell is um is is a positive in that sense. It's just really peculiar. Like it's just a really odd like like how often these like shares cha- are changing hands and the makeup of it. It's just very odd. I mean, I think like people automatically assumed he was like forcibly kind of diluted down. That doesn't make it. It could be. It we'll probably not really ever find out since the clubs register or the company that owns the clubs registered in the Cayman Islands. But um, that doesn't make an awful lot of sense to me because in order for them to do that, the amount that they're putting in has to be at a level that um, that he he doesn't feel he can keep up with. Now I I did say last year when Kevin Louis Jeffers took. 51%. I did say I, I thought Stuart Donald was hanging on. And I, I still think that's true, but I think it's more a case of he's very slowly kind of selling up before it gets to the point where he kind of um can't keep up. I, I just yeah, I just I don't it's very odd. It's very, very odd um way for things to be happening. I, I think like the, the whole Satori thing is really but, strange. Just I mean, before you get before you get into Satori, so but and, and, and Donald said that he's done this so he can go and take a more active part in Eastley as well. That was a big draw. That was a big factor, apparently. Yeah. Yeah, and I don't. I, I mean, I'm loath to believe a word that comes out of his mouth, but I don't think that. I, th- I think that makes sense because, I mean. I, I don't know if people see it, but I think we talked about it actually. Richard Hill has just taken the directorship down at Eastley again, and um, a few behind the scenes are going there apparently the, as well. Yeah, exactly. There's a few apparently moved on, and and it does it does make sense. So I think it, I, certainly I, I, he clearly doesn't have the money to kind of make us the club that we should be, sort of thing. But I don't know that he's been forcibly whittled down here. I think it's probably more. Case of he's realizing, well, actually, yeah, if I can sell some shares now, I will. And going down to that level, yeah, he keeps he keeps his nine percent if we go up. How much how much that'll be worth if we were to go up? I don't know. Who wants who's gonna buy nine percent? Um, but yeah, and it opens the door for him to go and rock up somewhere else and ruin their football club. But I, I don't know, it's just it's it's just really odd, it's really peculiar, and I, I think um the whole like sorry, I know. I was going to say there before the whole Satori thing, like he's very quietly become like a, he owns a third of the club now. And we still have no real idea of what, what his input is, what, why he's here. Like, let's be honest. He was, he was part of a regime that asset stripped the club to within an inch of its life and didn't do anything about it or didn't, Certainly, publicly, didn't do anything about it. So, what's his game like when Kira Louis Dreyfus first came in? Satori was kind of booted off the board. Then, two and a half months later, he was back on. I know it's very strange. I do agree in general. Anything that reduces Stuart Don's involvement with us is a good thing. But I, I just think it's a it's a really peculiar thing. And I think I don't think that this equals a sudden splurge on like on like in the summer or um or any of the stuff we've just been talking about. I hope I'm wrong on that and I hope they do start funding off the field properly. But I, I don't think this means that. There's a really weird thing happened actually the Red and White Army meeting a couple of meetings ago where 
the question was asked about Sartori's position. It was just a very strange response from the people involved, like the like the sort of people who were on the panel. Um, it was like, oh, you don't have to worry about um, Juan Sartori's involvement. It was like a very weird, that was almost like an answer that had been prepared for a reason and like we know something that you don't know, but just found it really odd. It was like, well, so nobody's about to express and a question or concern about this person who was involved. Yeah, it was Mark quite Rocks. strange. So it was, it, was, it was Maver asked that it was question. Few, well, there was the, a few Maver. people asked the question. Um, and the thing was, um, because it's like you said, Gareth, it was inconsistent because it spent the entirety of the meeting like throwing the old regime under the bus for every bad thing that the club experienced, saying, oh, well, it used to be terrible, but now it's great because we've got this. So then I asked a question about Satori and then... Like you said, when I said, oh, okay, so like, what does he actually bring? Again, we got this like vague answers, kind of what we got from the playbook back in 2018-19 about all his contacts in um, South American football and tapping into like talent here and talent there. But again, we just see absolutely no evidence of this ever coming through. So <laughs> It's just a bit odd. The whole thing's a bit odd, but I've kind of given up kind of... Yeah. I've kind of given up trying to even think about it because too much, I mean... You know, for me personally, it's just far too much time and energy to think about these people. I mean, whoever it is, to be brutally honest, I think I've got zero time for these people who run football clubs. Look at the, the look at the you know the game, the football league, and the top two tiers, and just run by people who've got zero zero common interest with the people who actually go to the games, and they're doing it for their own you know for their own selfish purposes, be it vanity money so you know I'm not going to like so you know the, the the fact that fans make deities out of these people with money who own the football clubs like you know the like put them on a pedestal it's just I find it just really you know you'd look at Chelsea fans singing about Abramovich and stuff like that it's like are you serious like yeah, I mean, it's just bizarre nothing... it's just bizarre just the whole I find the whole thing now it's just I'm sick of it it's just I've I've I think I'm just like, just. I think I'm just tired of it. It's just, just very. It's just very odd, and it's like I just haven't got any time. Like, if you're gonna buy the club, buy the club, invest in it, and then you know, if you get if if you get results out of it, then great, and you'll get something, and we'll all get something. But I don't want to be like I don't want to be your mate. You know what I mean? It's like just wait. The whole thing's just weird. I think it's particularly odd here. I'd be open to being well. your mate if you're listening. Just saying. <laughs> you can get the round, get the round in. <laughs> Even trying to get them to build a bar in. in his house. Uh, I, I think curry, just, go for curries on a regular basis. Yeah, I think it's just particularly odd here after what has gone on in recent in recent years, like like idolizing the owners of the club, and they haven't really done anything to, to merit it yet. I mean, look, like it's been an improvement on the pitch anyway. I was going to say, I was going to say, we we can't. I know, I know. You know, we need to remember that as well, where we were the last four oh, years. Yeah. And that's not me trying Definitely. to like overpraise anybody or anything. Can I, like but that. Broadly on that point, but, can I just come back to math and we can finish? Soon? Let's have some hope, is all I'm saying. No, well, we, what we, I was going to say we're, is... we're asking for Donald to like leave and he suddenly barely got anything. No, it can only be a I'm good just thing, saying, I'm not, yeah, definitely. But I'm saying, so you know, the point you were making before on the pitch, and it's quite interesting. It's my issue with generally, is I don't think there's enough pushback against the overall model or plan or whatever. I think it's it's too weighted in favour of the people who are pursuing it to the point where it can't be 
questioned or altered or we can't I'm be adaptable. Sure it is. We can't, I think, I think, can't, I, think on, I think on Twitter it is. I think on social media it is. No, I don't think. I don't think. No, I'm, no, I'm talking about. No, I'm saying the club. I'm saying that this is what the club are doing, and I'm saying not nothing to do with social media. I'm okay. just saying this is what they, they're okay, very sorry. much. I thought you were talking about. Our, I thought you were talking no, about. No, opinion. no, no. I'm just talking about they're very fixed in there. We're doing this, and this is the way we're doing it, and it's this is the way it is. Um, I feel as though, like you know, maybe when you look at like Alex Neal, he probably was the manager that he probably would have pushed back against a bit to get get a little bit more, and they probably don't want that. They probably like want someone like Tony Mowbray, who I'm not saying like you know Chris has described him as a yes man, but he will just go, well, this is my job, I'll do this. And that's that's my role in this whole thing. But my my point on your thing about you talking about finishing the season strongly and winning games, momentum. Now I don't want someone to lose games, and I obviously want to win and you know every game and all that. You know whatever cliched nonsense you want to attribute to that. But is there an argument to say that if we absolutely tanked in the last eight games, um, people might wake up a bit and go, hmm, maybe, I think it's, maybe. I think it's- Concerning. We do need to. Maybe we do need to reevaluate because we. This is because people will fan opinion will broadly turn if as well, um, and we know that the club generally do react to to fan opinion, which they shouldn't really. They should just stick to what they do, but they seem to see well, we'll push things as far as we can go, and then as soon as we kind of there's a straw that breaks the camel's back at that point oh, we'll so do the, something so, about so it. So they shouldn't. So Gareth is under the opinion that they should keep season tickets digital. They should... Uh, what else was it? They um, yeah. shouldn't let people know when there's a price hike in the no. season. No. What, what do you want to You said they should stick to the guns and not change their minds. So... No, it's a good place to go out that you agree with all of these things. I, di- I, didn't, say, I didn't say that. <laughs> What I'm saying is, what I'm saying is, what I'm saying is, I was just branching away from the off the field stuff. If we, if we, um, I'm not talking about this is on the field. I'm talking about this is on the field. We, what what I'm saying is, if we, I don't think it would be the word, if we finish season strongly, fine. If we, if we start faltering a bit, maybe it'll make them think, hmm. I think it's frustrating though that it, it, you kind of have to wait for the results to turn for it to be acceptable to question things. Like, I mean, look at West Brom. West Brom have actually, West Brom have, look, they're still not having the season they wanted to have, but their results have picked up an awful lot. Yet they had an absolutely huge protest a couple of weeks ago about what's gone on with their ownership. The protest completely merited, by the way, but I think like it's kind of refreshing to see that they've almost done that. It, they, they haven't been kind of like, I don't know, like cowed by the fact that results have picked up on the pitch. I, I think like you can have the opinion that what they're doing on the pitch is mostly fine or some people are fully in on it but you can also criticize other things you can ask like you shouldn't like i see i mentioned them already but like it's not unfair to be asking questions about Juan Satori when he's been here nearly five years now owns a third of the club and we still know very little about what his motive is why why he allowed the club to get into the state that it did like, well, be good. Would be well. I mean, you know, just to sort of try and wrap things. up, It would be great, I think, if somebody was given access to ask him these sorts of questions. Because when they talk about transparency, that would be great. I mean, we're way off protest territory, surely. I will say. Uh, yeah, I think we are. <laughs> I think we're going to be we're going to be accused of that... a past behaviour. Maybe not 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 doing that when we should have done. I'm thinking of like the latter years of the Ellis Short reign when we when you know what happened with Donald Methanol that we did. You know, the fan statements made a difference and stuff. Um, yeah. But yeah, well, transparency we, like, and him coming out and speaking would be great, wouldn't it? Last year we found out who actually owned the club by 
people putting their necks on the line and asking the question. And I just think, I think it would be healthier for a fan base as a whole if we, um, if we didn't jump down the throats of people who have those concerns. But anyway, at least we're, at least we're only on by 9% of Stuart Dunn, or at least only 9%. Yeah. And let's, you know, like Gav said, sometimes I'm getting to a point where you're just sick of worrying about it all. So let's just take a bit of a leap of faith and hope that that means things are moving along, along in the right direction. The summer might tell us about that. And if things start to improve off the pitch a bit, as people have predicted, as people have predicted, if you know, then um, that will tell us a lot about that as well. Bit of a bumper episode, that one, wasn't it? We've gone on. We've gone down and on and on and on. But we're not going to be back for a while. So, um, plenty of time to listen to it. So, um, yes. Um, okay. Uh, make sure you do your, uh, go and get your discount. Fritz Clara, WMS 10 on FDR clothing online and on socials. Admin, Gareth. 27th of April at the Customs House. Um, Wiseman Say presents 1973 Journey to Glory. Tickets are still available. Um, join us for that. It will be a good evening. If you go to customshouse.co.uk, you can buy tickets online. Um, if you call them, you'll be able to buy tickets over the phone and you can go in person to their manned box office where there are people who will sell you tickets and it is open. Indeed. There you go. Vic Hallam's going to be there. How about well, that? yes. He is indeed. How about that? Okay, right. We'll be back whenever then. In in you know in in whenever that. It'll might be probably be. Matt and somebody <laughs> will be back to preview the Burnley game. Yeah. Probably in a week or so. Yes, indeed. Right. Thanks everyone, and thanks to you for listening. <laughs>Serves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings from premium gifts to show stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15 stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out mom's menu with festive rose, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market.